Yo, what is good, everyone in Diamond Talk Nation? Today, we are breaking down the crazy week that was the trade deadline and, and some historic stuff that we've been seeing too, but I wish you guys could see us on video. It looks crazy. Me and Rob look like Brooklyn bodyguards for a nightclub with our Yankee gear on. Nick looked like he's ready to come in in the seventh inning for the Pirates. Dude got the arm sleeve going. It's Father's Day out there with a the baby blue hat. It is, it is nonsense all around here, man. Yo, Rob, Nick, how you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. It's it's good to be here talking baseball like always. And yeah, obviously, like we both came in with the Yankee hats. We had to. I mean, we're we're obviously struck we're a struggling fan base. We're 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 in a in a pool of sadness right now for the for the Yankees uh second half struggles. So like we had to come in together and just uh try to try try to bring our team back up from from being the best team in the AL East. Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Ready to go. Ready to get this going. Talk about some of these trades that happen and kind of how it changes the the rest of the season for sure. But man, some of these some of these fans out here are wilding. I know we're gonna get into that, but like, calm down or just like shut up. Do one of the two. We'll talk about it. Yeah, man. Look, I just want to say one last thing. Yo, look, me me and Rob are Tim's away from from a Brooklyn funeral. Like it is it is it is crazy out here how we how we pulled this off. Uh, yeah, no, but look. It's been crazy. Any anytime you have big movement in the MLB, fans tend to, to overreact, right? It's kind of just like the nature of what we're used to with, with the Twitterverse out there, right? We we digest news so differently now that all news is big news. Uh, look, let's start off the biggest news though, right? This whole this whole last month and a half has been about Juan Soto. It's been the Juan Soto show. Where's he going? Who's gonna pay him? What's who's gonna trade what for him? Is he staying? He turns down three hundred fifty mil. You know, craziness. So let's start off with that, man. So look, Juan Soto, if, you, if you're listening to this by now, you know, he was traded to San Diego Padres. The complete trade details were Josh Bell and Juan Soto going to the Nationals, which Josh Bell's a very nice add into that. Like, I think that's the one that no people aren't talking about enough, but Josh Bell also goes in that trade of Juan Soto to the Padres. The Nats get back Luke Voigt. They originally get Eric Hosmer, but Eric Hosmer said, nah, I'd rather go play with Boston. Um, so they get Luke Voigt, right? Him and his, like, 20-inch biceps. They get C.J. Abrams, who's already had some time at the major league level. They get Robert Hassel, who projects to be a pretty high-graded center fielder. Mackenzie Gore, who you guys know how high I'm on Mackenzie Gore. So before I before I start, you know, gushing all over this fucking scene right here, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just leave it at that. James Wood, who is better categorized as lefty Aaron Judge, and my favorite person in this whole trade, Jarlin Susana. So guys, I'll kick it to you, right? And, and, and real simple. What were your thoughts on this trade? Because I know, I know everyone's like, who won the trade? Who lost the trade? They gave up too much. They didn't give up enough. What were your thoughts on this overall whole situation? Yeah, I think it's a, you know, it's it's easy to always say that a team like the Padres acquiring such a generational talent like a Juan Soto, right? Like it's it's never you don't really have the opportunity to do that every single season and acquire a player the caliber of a Juan Soto because there's maybe only five or six other players in the league right now that you even probably compare being on the same tier as Juan Soto. So the 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 opportunity to do that for San Diego was huge. Um, so I think a lot of people are going to give them the W on the trade. I, th- I think you do have to give them the W on the trade, but I just don't think it's like, oh, the Nationals took an L as well. You feel me? Like, yeah, you gave up Juan Soto, but you probably got as good of a return as you would want if you're the Nationals. And a lot of their moves are like, going under the radar like you might say oh the nationals got Mackenzie Gore yeah the nationals just got their ace of the future 
Like you, they locked up Mackenzie Gore. That's probably going to be their number one pitcher. Steven Strasburg is not reliable. Is not reliable health wise. He just hasn't been. They don't really have another guy in their rotation right now that that you see as like being a clear number one for them. Mackenzie Gore can be that. They got San Diego's top prospect in in uh, Robert Hassel. Like they got you know uh, they they got outfield prospects. They got Mackenzie Gore. They got C.J. Abrams, who like yeah he had his little bit of struggles on at the major league level with San Diego. But that doesn't mean he can't play. Uh, he can't be a solid infield piece for a rebuilding Nationals team, right? Like it's it, they're diff- they're also different expectations. Mackenzie Gore just went from a rotation where, let's be honest, I I, I said back when San Diego uh, tr- uh, completed the trade for Joe uh, Mosgrove, right? When they got that, when they got the Joe Mosgrove trade done, one of the things I said was San Diego is going to have to cut a guy from their rotation. Or maybe even two guys because they have way too many names. They added Darvish, they added Clevenger, they added Snell, like they had Chris Paddock when they had him. Um, and and those two names right now ended up being Chris Paddock and and Mackenzie Gore. Like those were the two guys that got pushed out of that rotation. Joe Mosgrove is the new ace out in San Diego. So for Mackenzie Gore, it gives them it gives them a chance to look honestly build a payday as well. Like Mackenzie Gore could probably go put up a couple solid seasons with the nationals and, and, and get a huge payday off of that. You know, he's that type of talented pitcher. Um, so for the nationals, I just want to, I just want to close it off by saying it was a good return for them, but you know, at, at San Diego's level, it's, you got one of the most generational talents we've seen in the game, a guy that we had ranked in our rankings as the number one player in baseball coming into the season, a guy who will probably still be a top five player in baseball when we do the rankings again going into next year when he's going into his age 24 season um, and is already looking like one of the best talents the game has ever seen in the in the four or five years that he's been in the league. So for, for San Diego, it's a dub, but but for I, I just don't want people to talk too down on the Nationals because they, they got a, a hell of a return for a hell of a player. I, I will go into that return a little bit later, but Nick, before we get to that, man, I want, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Man, this is a positive for both sides. So the Nationals are – they didn't pull the Rockies and get nothing for Trevor Story. Okay? That, that's what happened right here. Let's be real here. The Nationals aren't re-signing Juan Soto. They're literally changing owners. Literally in the middle of changing ownership. Who knows what the next owner wants? This was a great move. you got to get rid of Juan Soto. You're never going to get a better package. This trade right here is an A for the Padres. The reason it's not an A+, plus, you've got to win a ring for it to be a plus. You have to. Would you make a move like this? You've got your farm system of maybe the best pitcher in all of you know baseball as far as a prospect with Mackenzie Gore, right? He's not the best pitcher. He's not the best prospect. But with what we've seen at the major league level and what we've seen him be able to do, he might be the best young pitcher in the game right now in that level. He's not an Alcantara. Like he's, he's not that level. But he's a really good pitching prospect slash he's had success at the major leagues. So you get that back, plus all the other guys that they got back in this trade. Um, The Josh Bell point is right on point, Rob. Like, that is a huge pickup for the Padres. They needed first base help. He's having a great year. He's done well in the past. He fits in that lineup literally every single day, offensively and defensively. That's a very underrated piece. But the Padres right here, it's an A move. They went out and got the guy. They needed outfield help, too. That's another thing that... People talked about before but aren't really focusing on. One of the things going into the trade deadline with the Padres was they need to fix their outfield. And they fixed it with the best possible outfielder in the game, arguably. Like, that is available or not, by the way. We're not talking about the best available outfielder that is available for trade. We're talking about maybe the best outfielder in baseball. 
and they went and got him. It's great. For the Nationals, look, I had an argument with a guy who's been on the show before, Chris Murphy. To me, this package wasn't enough, but it was the best that they could get. They're not going to get any better. There's not enough for Juan Soto. There's not a minor leaguer that you can look at right now and be like, that's Juan Soto, give him back to me. Because you can't predict a Juan Soto. Nobody predicted this when he came out. Nobody saw this 19-year-old kid like, yeah, yeah, that's Mickey Mantle. Or that's, uh, that's Ted Williams. Yep, that's Barry Bonds. No, nobody did that. Not even Juan Soto did that. Not even his dad did that. So this is awesome because while it wasn't enough to get rid of Juan Soto, <clears throat> you literally weren't going to get anything better from anybody else. This was the best possible thing the Nationals could have done. Now, if they all cash in and they all become an everyday, even if they all become an everyday major league player, the Nationals, this is an A++. If you flip one guy, no matter how good he's going to be, but a guy that you're never going to keep, you flip him for four major league players, plus what they got last year, the Nationals are doing some really good things. And amidst an ownership change, this is amazing. This, this trade is arguably the best trade in major league history from a plus-plus for both sides. Everybody did what they were supposed to do. Everybody, I think, maxed it out, and that's what you want in a trade. This was an amazing trade. This is the stuff you want to see every single year. Both teams got significantly better. I, I have to talk about the return. I have to talk about the return because, again, we, 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 I, I remember I, how frustrated I was at the beginning of the trade season. I always say, hey, look, fans don't know shit about shit. You guys are looking at a top 10 list saying, oh, these guys are good because they're in the top 10. When it just doesn't work like that, right? You know, the breakdown of these prospects are, you know, I think Rizzo did a great job. He got back guys who are very high floor guys, right? So a CJ Abrams, defensively, he's an MLB shortstop. Defensively, you know he can play every day. Offensively, you hope that that he can play, he, he can he can go above what's projected. He's not going to be a power guy, right? C.J. Abrams is going to be a guy that you hope puts the contact in the ball, hope that he plays gold glove defense and he helps your team that way. But he's a major league player, right? Go down to Luke Voigt. Nobody cares about Luke Voigt. He was kind of just like, hey, we, we have too many first baseman now. Like, just take him. Um, you know, some fans don't know, know his name. Cool. But, you know, everybody else, though, right? Robert Hassel, he's another, he's another like, high-floor guy where, worse, he's a depth piece on, on a major league roster. He plays really good defense. His bat's good enough to be in a lineup. But then you have the guys I'm really excited about. Oh, by, by the way, Mackenzie Gore, also a guy who's going to be in the major leagues, right? With, with number one potential, right? So you've got a high upside guy in that. We're, we've already seen succeed in the major leagues. So three guys right there that fill in, fit in your major league roster today, if you want. Then we go to James Woods. Not a lot of people know about James Woods. He's your left-handed Aaron Judge from a, like, stature. He's 6'7". Dude has pop for days. He's your high ceiling guy. He's a guy you take a bet on. Maybe he doesn't get consistent enough where he becomes a major league player to an all-star level. Maybe he's not consistent enough to be an everyday baseball player. But the potential's there, right? At certain points, you just go for tools and hope your, your system is good enough to develop them. If you can develop James Wood, look, we've seen some of these six, six seven monsters, right? Aaron Judge, O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz isn't really a great baseball player, but his tools bail him out of a lot of bad things that he does. Right, and if you can do that at that stature, guess what? That's a high ceiling guy at that point. My favorite guy of this entire trade was was Jarlene Susana. This is an 18 year old kid that's six six at Dominican Republic already at, at triple digits. He has a plus plus fastball with a developing slider that's really good. Like he's the other guy that can be your one two with Mackenzie Gore potentially in your rotation. Again, he's 18. We don't know if he develops that, 
but the ceiling's there. It's a high ceiling. So if you're Rizzo, what more can you get? You get three guys you're putting in your major league roster next year at, 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 at opening day. And then you get two guys that are like, hey, they have really high kind of ceilings. You know, the, the teams that, that they were trading with, right, the teams that were in debate with this were the Cardinals. Who Look, Cardinals have a great farm system. Cardinals already came out and said they weren't trading Jordan Walker. Guess what? If you're not getting Jordan Walker, for, if, if you're the Nats, the rest of those prospects on the uh, on St. Louis, they're really not that attractive, right? Libertor, in my in my opinion, is a couple of notch under Gore, right? He's a left-handed 21-year-old over there. I would rather have Gore at the top of my rotation than Libertor, right? Um, Dylan Carson, obviously, he's major league ready. He's an everyday player. I don't think St. Louis ever wanted to give him up, right? He's a switch hitter. Those are hard to find right now. That that skill set's going down. Plus defender. You know, then you look at, at the Dodgers, who Dodger fans are the ones that are spinning around and, and going crazy for no reason, by the way. You guys still have the best team in the NL. But you look at the packages from, from the Dodgers, right? Like, you know, they weren't going to trade the Like, Mike Rizzo wasn't going to say, hey, give me your, your, your top prospect catcher. Because guess what? You would have asked for him last year when you, when you took um, Kyber Ruiz, right? Bobby Miller, very good. But would you rather have Bobby Miller at 23 or Bobby Miller type stuff at 18 in Susana? Give me Susana, right? Give me the 18 year old who I can develop in my system who has, you know, better stuff than Bobby Miller, right? Michael Bush, he's going to be a better hitter than C.J. Abrams. He's probably not going to be a better defender, right? Michael Bush is he, he's probably going to be a, a first baseman kind of limited type guy, not a great movement. For him, he has to hit to stay in the majors because he's not athletic enough to do other things. And then you go down to Pais and Vargas, right? You would have to add in guys like Dustin May. You would have to add in arms like that who have been at the major league level, which, guess what? That's what the Padres did. Right? Dodgers weren't doing that. Dodgers were going to break down everything they've built up that have already contributed on the major league level to get Juan Soto. Right? Juan Soto was a luxury for, for, for the Dodgers. Right? You don't trade for luxuries at that point. Right? Especially when it, the, the rest of your foundation is kind of still in, 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 in you, know, you don't know what's happening next year. Right? Turner's getting older. Right? Kershaw is hanging on by a thread as far as health wise. Right? Um, you know, Trey Turner is a free agent next year. Who knows if they resign him? So if you're the Dodgers, it didn't make sense for you to trade this package away, right? Like it doesn't guarantee you. It doesn't guarantee you a World Series, right? Like we know that. There's no World Series guarantees no matter who you get. For God's sakes, we had the Rays in the World Series a couple of years ago. Like you know, that's the world we live in. So the Nats did a great job. Nats did a great job. Are any of these guys equal to Juan Soto? Absolutely not. But there were that was never going to happen. There was no package manageable that, that was going to say, hey, these guys equal Juan Soto. That's just not the way it works, man. You're trading a Hall of Famer that we know is a Hall of Famer at the age of 23. You know how ridiculous that is? That is, yeah. that is absolutely stupid. Bro, Soto could, Soto could get you anybody. Like, Soto, that, that's, the, that's the thing that, like, there, there's literally no argument. The only, think, think about it this way, right? And when I mean Soto could get you anybody, I mean, I mean Soto could get you anybody. If you wanted to flip Soto for Otani, That'd be a conversation. If you wanted to flip Soto for Tatis Jr., that'd be a conversation. It was a conversation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okuna Jr., a conversation. You know why? Because something that a lot of people forget is that Juan Soto still has to get paid. A lot of these other guys who are comparable talents are already locked into contracts that are going to cost you less than what Juan Soto is about to cost you. Tatis Jr., his 340 or or his 314 or whatever million dollars, Juan Soto is going past that. You feel me? Like it's like. Yeah, it, 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 it's gonna run you. It's, it's gonna run you more. So it's like from a talent perspective, right? The Yankees, the Yankees had conversations with like the Nationals, right? Like when you're going to trade for that, right? Like 
I'm sure that from a Yankees perspective, you would you would rather give up a Volpe and a Dominguez, right? But if the Nationals pull up to the table and are like, are you willing to discuss Judge? That's a conversation that you have to have. It's a conversation that you have to have because there's no more than than six or seven players who are on that comparable tier to Juan Soto at this moment in time. Like the only other name that I could think of outside of Judge, because Judge, we would know that is a different situation because of the age. But the only other name that I could think of who I don't think is locked into a long-term deal is Vladdy. Right, like I don't think, but Vladdy's, a, and, and even then, Vladdy for Juan Soto is a conversation. Like it's it's that same tier of talent. Like he gets you anybody, he gets you any MLB superstar you want, he gets you any top prospect you want, any team. That's what I'm saying. For for the Cardinals to say no, Jordan Walker, stupid, stupid, because Juan Soto, you're gonna give up whoever's your number one. You're giving him up. You're giving him up. Like that's that's an easy conversation. And if you don't have a number one. That's like a legit, legit number one. Like that's a that's a, a consensus, like top top prospect. Like we've talked about, like an Anthony Volpe. I don't view Anthony Volpe as one of the top four shortstop prospects. That's just my personal opinion, right? But it, when you do have a case like that, that's when you have a discussion of hey, Volpe with Dominguez, with possibly Glaber Torres, with you know more pitchers, like more prospects added to that, like those types of packages, like Juan Soto's caught like. Juan Soto's cost and what he would what cost to a team should honestly never be a discussion. Like, sure, you you would go, you would there's a certain level, like you're not gonna gut your entire team. Like, you're not gonna be the Padres and be like, here, take all everything we gave you and Tati's Jr. Like, no, obviously you're not gonna do that. But like, yeah, no, the, the packages, whatever you give up for Soto is always gonna look like not enough. Because and, and even still, like again, we're talking about not enough and the package that the Nationals got. Is probably one of the best prospect packages we've seen any team get ever, ever, ever. Yeah, like, like, bro, like you're talking ever. about, bro. You're talking about, you're talking about a situation where, again, if just separate Luke Voigt from the trade package, right? You're talking about a situation where Gore, Abrams, uh, Hassel, Woods, and Susanna can all be major league players for the Nationals within the next like three years. Like they they could all be there and and contributing to a to a legit Nationals rebuild, like. And that's pretty solid. That's pretty here's, solid. Here's the biggest part, right? And, and here's what I think separated everything, right? Like, when, when they were going into it, the Yankees knew the price really early on. And they were like, yeah, we don't, we don't have enough. Right? Yankees cannot compete with that package. No, yeah, even, the Yankees were not with, beating that package. Even, even with major leaguers thrown in there, right? Like, unless you're saying, I'm going to throw in Derek Cole in there. Like, they, they don't have that, right? They didn't, they didn't have anything close to that. Um, Mariners, that's why they made the, the Novi Marte trade so early. They knew they didn't have that, right? Yeah, like, even, yeah. even with, 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 you know, if you added in George Kirby, you would have to have Logan Gilbert or something along that nature to really push it. Because to be honest with you, they just didn't have enough like that, right? Yeah. The, the, but the I, difference I, they got from um, – oh, my bad. Um, just, no, no, I was, I was honestly just going to say, like, I think, look, what, you, what we've been talking about too, I think we need to focus on, like, L.A. and San Diego. Because yeah. there is, like, there's a very clear, like, F you, like, from going on from San Diego because – I don't think I don't think look look at the last couple of years guys I don't think any team or I don't think LA has been expecting a team to match their aggressiveness at the deadline like we've seen in the last couple of seasons. In the last couple of seasons it's been LA who gets Manny Machado, right? It's been not even just at the deadline but just trades, right? It's been LA who gets Manny Machado. It's been LA who who gets Mookie Betts. It's been LA who gets the Max Scherzer's and the Trey Turner's, right? They haven't Freddie been Freddie matched. that too. Yeah, they haven't they haven't been matched on that aggressiveness. And you know what? Even for deals that didn't get done, right? Like, like for example, we knew tr- we knew trades weren't going weren't uh like Otani, right? We talked about Otani. We knew he yeah. wasn't gonna actually get traded. But the fact that you have the Mets, 
the Yankees willing to reach out to the Angels and be like, what do you want for Otani, right? Showing that there is more teams, the contenders around the Dodgers now are, are willing to, to get aggressive at the deadline. Now, they might not be willing to get as aggressive as San Diego because San Diego, this deadline went stupid. Uh, adding, yeah. adding everybody. I mean, we haven't even yeah, talked so about. You just mentioned too. That, look, they, they they added um Josh Hader, yep. who was is considered the best, if not one of the two best relief pitchers slash closers yeah. in the major league. No debate. They also, they also had Brandon Drury, who had an amazing career year, and he's gonna he's gonna be an everyday guy in their lineup. So yeah, you know, if Juan Soto is obviously the big fish, but those other guys are definitely guys that are gonna help. Dude, them. I said, look, I said it. We love to we love to sit here and like compare like what's happening like the numbers that are happening like in front of us this season, right? And sure, they have their importance, but it's like I said about, yo, if you're about to tell me that you don't want Juan Soto on your team because he has a 249 batting average, get out of my face. Right? Like get out of my face. He has a 900 OPS. Like what like what like what is the discussion? Like like if you're going to tell me that you don't want Josh Hader on your team over Taylor Rogers, like I'm taking Josh Hader 10 out of 10 times. Like that Josh Hader has literally been the, uh, like undisputably the best reliever in baseball for the past three seasons. Okay, he might not have that 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 spot going into next season. So what? He's still going to be top five. Yeah, yeah, well, like, yeah, well, I'll give you spo- like I'm, we're giving people spoilers for the rankings here. Like I'm telling you, guys don't have as dramatic as drop offs as like people expect them to have after one year. Like one bad year, and everyone's like, oh, you're no longer the best at your position. That's it. After like, screw these four years that you gave me. I don't care. Like because you're struggling this season, I don't care. Bro, Josh Hader could it could potentially be like a massive difference maker for the Padres, bro. Like it's just like it, it's just such a silly conversation. Oh, because Taylor Rogers and Josh Hader have like similar numbers this year. I'm like, yeah, look, like come on, guys. Like, I'll say this, I, that, that, that trip was a little bit crazier to me. I, I and we don't have to go into that one because we have so much more stuff to talk about. But I, I want to just leave the the Soto trade on this one last thing. The difference between the San Diego package. And the Dodger package was the high upside guys, right? The Dodgers don't have a high upside guy like James Wood. Now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean they don't have guys there that, that can produce, right? The, the guys floors, the, the guys floors on on the Dodgers a lot higher than James Wood. Same thing as Susana. Look, they don't have anyone with a high upside Susana. That doesn't mean that guys aren't going to come to the major league and produce better than Susana, right? But you know. That was the difference in, in this, right? The high upside guys changed it. Nick, what, what, what do you got? I, I know you have something you want to ask something to that. A couple things on it. Um, number one, the Dodgers and the Yankees, the two big teams that are in there. Okay, fans. Okay, you know what? You're right. Everything, the season's over. You didn't get one Soto. Everybody go jump off a cliff. Um, go kill yourselves. Go kill your mom. Go kill your dog. Okay? Your baseball life is over as a Dodgers or Yankees fan because you didn't get one Soto. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, Dodgers, last time you were under 500, like the last time you were under 500 was 2010, okay? So you've got 10 years of being over 500. Why are you questioning anything that your front office is doing? You're winning the National League West for almost all 10 of the, like you're on a You're on a 1990s Braves run of winning. What are you complaining about? You also have a 14-game lead in your division. So you're telling me that you're so scared of Juan Soto going to the Padres, you're going to lose your 14 game, which means the Padres are now going to be 15 games better than you over the shorter second half of the season and win the NOS? No. Okay, I will give you this. Soto could go off and go absolutely bonkers and do something we've never seen before, and we've seen the postseason, to maybe beat you in a series. Get over it. Your team is good. You've got tons of depth. 
and you're not going to re-sign him. You've already got Freddie Freeman on crazy money. You've got Mookie Betts on crazy money. You're probably going to re-sign Trey Turner for crazy money. You've got Will Smith coming up. You're not getting rid of Will Smith, or you would have done it last year instead of Keeper Ruiz. You're keeping him, most likely. You've got so much money coming up and already on the books. How are you keeping Soto? So that means you gut your system literally for three playoff runs, and you're already the best team, and you really don't have that big of a weakness. Juan Soto makes the Dodgers better. It does not take them out of arguably the best team in the National League over the past decade. Not even arguably. They're the best team in the National League over the past decade. There's not even close to an argument about it. So get over it, Dodgers fans. Yes, it would be nice. How do the Padres re-sign Juan Soto? Does it fucking matter? Why do you worry about they shoot themselves in the foot with this shit? Get over it. Um, the Yankees, okay, this is amazing. Brian Cashman started as GM in 1998, right? Roughly? Yeah, yeah. They haven't had a losing season since 1992. Stop questioning this man. Ev- literally ever. He should own the Yankees. That really should be who owns the Yankees. They should just give him a portion of the team because of how good he's done. Never had a losing season in his history. Not one ever. It's a great move. You're worried about re-signing Aaron Judge. Why are you going to try to bring the Juan Soto shit into it too? Like, you're just causing possible ruckus. And you have a good outfield as is. By the way, you got rid of Joey Gallo. So addition by subtraction. Okay, so you two top teams. Sure, jump off a cliff. Season's over. Baseball's done. There's no reason. Just change teams. Just just do what Nick did. Change teams. Okay, do that. that that's a great transition because, you know, believe it or not, there were other people traded that didn't go to the Nationals. Uh, this trade deadline. Uh, you know, Yankees had a pretty active deadline, right? So, so Sorry, one other thing on the one soda piece. I'm so looking forward to seeing him actually have other baseball players around him. Holy shit balls. What? Whoa. So, yeah, that 250 average? Okay, that might go to 450. Um, not only have we seen it from Juan Soto before, but now you've got Manny Machado batting behind him. You've got when he comes back. You know, let's just take Tatis Jr. out of it. You've still got a combination of Jay Cronenworth, uh, Josh Bell, and Manny Machado around Juan Soto. He hasn't seen three hitters in his lineup like that since his run in the playoffs a couple years ago. I'm excited to see what Juan Soto brings to the table. But top-end fans like Yankees, Dodgers fans, just chill. Chill. Your team is good. They stay good. They know what they're doing. Yeah, by the way, I have to see Junior, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, one, two, three is, is stupid. I, that's crazy. Um, but now, look, let, let's move on to some of these other teams, right? So the Yankees had a pretty active deadline, right? Uh, they get Andrew Bentendi um, from the Royals. They get Frankie Montes, which is, was, was kind of a big name for them, right? They miss out on Luis Castillo to, to, to Seattle. We talked about that last week. But they do get Frankie Montes, which was the kind of second big fish on the pitching market. Um, they also pick up Lou Trevino. You have a Trevino to Trevino connection, which is weird. Uh, Afros from the Cubs, which was a sneaky good uh, pickup. Harrison Bader was probably the most random pickup in this whole thing, and we're, we're going to talk about it just a little bit because how they got him is, is kind of uh, controversial. They end up losing Monty, which isn't a direct trade, but they, they lost Jordan Montgomery, who has been a, a key piece of their of their starting rotation. So just let me just set the stage for you on the Harrison Bader thing. Rumors were the Yankees were mid-negotiation with the Marlins on Pablo Lopez. And at 5.59, a minute before the deadline, um, the GM for the, for the Marlins pulls out. Apparently, they had, they had a, a three-to-a-trade in principle. Uh, that trade was going to involve either Gleyber Torres or, or Aaron Hicks or Pablo Lopez and you know, who knows if anything else. But Marlins GM says no. Uh, at that point, Monty had already been traded. To the Cardinals for Harrison Bader. Minute left, nothing else for the Yankees to do. So the Yankees lose an arm in that rotation. 
Uh, but they get back one of the best defensive center fielders in, in the major league. Rob, I'll kick it over to you, man. This this Yankee deadline, what, what grade do you give it? Uh, I think it was a solid B plus. Uh, like I said, I think I think the Yankees had a good deadline. I don't think they had a great deadline, simply because I would have preferred some other um, names acquisitions for them to make. Uh, look, they got Frankie Montes. I think Frankie Montes is, is a solid pickup. But again, to me, it's a different tier between Frankie Montes and Luis Castillo or Pablo Lopez. And um, you know, for for them to be, for I, I'm not worried. Look, I, I I'll leave it at this. I'm not worried about about them with the Pablo Lopez deal. I think if anything, that that conversation with the Marlins showed that the Yankees and the Marlins are going to get together again in the offseason, and there's going to be another conversation about Pablo Lopez because now you are down a Jordan Montgomery, right? I think what a lot of people don't realize is the Jordan Montgomery trade speaks more to the Yankees long term than the short term. They don't view Jordan Montgomery as that important of a starter. And guess what? If we're looking at this season. They traded for Frankie Montes, right, before they before they even traded Montgomery to the Cardinals. Jordan Montgomery was probably not seeing a start in the playoffs. Like, if we're just being real, the Yankees have Garrett Cole, Frankie Montes, Luis Severino potentially back from injury, and Nestor Cortez, who is having a better year than, than Jordan Montgomery. Like, Jordan Montgomery was not going to see playoff starts for the Yankees. He might see playoff starts for the Cardinals now, but for the Yankees, he wasn't going to. And for a Yankees team who needs to upgrade their pitching, that's why you're still talking to the Marlins to get a Pablo Lopez because you know if you can get if you could get Montgomery or or uh, Tyone out of here and replace them with a Pablo Lopez like the Yankees are looking like they're primed to do possibly in the offseason, um, that's kind of the route that you have to take. And if you look at not only the 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 rumored Pablo Lopez package, right? Because it was it was rumored that Glaber was was the was one of the main pieces that was going back to Miami. Again, it speaks to the Yankees long term. The Yankees have DJ LeMahieu signed for four more seasons, right? They're they're pro- they have an option. They have uh they I think I forget whether it's a player option or a team option on Anthony Rizzo. That option is probably going to get picked up. If we're being honest, like for next season, Anthony Rizzo's probably going to go into next year as the Yankees first baseman again, right? Or at least that's my assumption. If that's the case, you are discussing labor in a trade because you have to in a, you have to make start making decisions. Right. If you're not going to trade away Volpe, if you're not going to trade away Peraza, one of those guys has to be the starting shortstop next season. Like one of, and then either you move IKF to third base or you take that last year of Donaldson at third base or whatever. But like one of one of your prospects has to play short now, and then like DJ is probably the everyday second baseman. If you're talking about that level upgrade, because you're also not getting Pablo Lopez for cheap. Like Pablo, like Pablo Lopez is is right there on like that borderline of like you know like top fifteen guy and like top 25, like in that range, like when he's really, really good, like Pablo Lopez could be a top 10, top 15 pitcher. That's the kind, like, like similar to a Luis Castillo, like that's the type of guy that you trade for, but it's going to cost you. So I give him a B plus because I think there were some more names that they should have gone harder after. Like, yes, I I, I would have given up what, what, what it would have taken to got Pablo Lopez. I think if you go into, into the, you look, the Yankees know they're going into the postseason. Okay. Like that, that, Sorry if I don't think the Yankees are going to win only 10 of their next whatever 60 games. Like, you know, the Yankees know they're going into the postseason. So going into the postseason with a rotation of Garrett Cole, Pablo Lopez, and Frankie Montes would have been a way more, uh, a bigger confidence boost, I think, to fans. But I think this year they're willing to go into the playoffs with what they have. Um, that's why they, they also made the bullpen additions that they made, right? There were some other bullpen names that I probably would have taken a look at. But they... They didn't leave 
they they address their long term uh their their long term plans as well. And and the one quick thing that I wanted to say about Vader too, it means that Aaron Hicks is gone. Like that's what the Vader trade essentially also means. The Yankees are replacing Aaron Hicks with a guy who is pretty top, you know, of the list defensively at his position, right? So I would imagine that Harrison Bader is going to take over in center field for the Yankees next season. It kind of goes to that plan that that I talked to you about before, Daniel, where it's just like, if you if you don't think Jan- Jason Dominguez is like that ready, then get me like a stopgap, like center fielder, right? And I think Harrison Bader is probably going to be that for them next season. Um, Aaron Hicks, I could very easily see involved in a package as well for pitching um, just to get his contract off the books. But I think the Yankees overall had a solid deadline. We're going to see how it ends up playing out for them the rest of the season. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy with the Yankees. I think the, the one thing that you mentioned that I, I agree with is this wasn't a 2022 run trade deadline for the Yankees. This was definitely a, hey, how are we going to set things up going forward after 2022? Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't really get anyone that was on like their last year. Trevino's the one guy. Trevino was a kind of a throwing guy with, with Montes, right? Because we, we have been having some health issues in the bullpen. Um, you know, so it's are the Yankees better today than they were before the deadline? Absolutely. Uh, Nick, what grade do you give the Montes trade deadline? I give him an A plus. Absolutely. Like Luis Castillo was the big name, but look at the package you had to give up. You're gonna have to give up one of your top two shortstops. Like, I mean, you got to go with what the Mariners took or with what the Reds took back. So you're talking about one of your top two shortstops which in a lot of circles, both of your top two shortstops are rated higher than Noel V. Marte. Okay, we can get into it. I've never seen all three of them play side by side. I haven't analyzed their swings. I haven't, like, clocked their speed from home to first. So I can't tell you for myself how these three would rank out. But arguably, in most circles, Noel V. Marte is third amongst the three. You then have to give two bullpen arms and Edwin Arroyo, who's got some upside. He's got everyday major league player potential. He's not going to be an all-star. He's not going to be an MVP, most likely. But what the Reds got back for Castillo, the Yankees fans, you don't want to give that up. You really don't because Castillo is just this year. And if you go and look at the numbers, these three pitchers we're talking about, Castillo, Montas, and Lopez, are like the same guy. They really are. They're all right-handed. They all have a plus fastball with a good secondary pitch, and they're all around a 3.3 ERA consistently. They're all around a 1.1, 1.2 whip consistently. They're all around a 2 to 3 walk per 9. They're all around a 9 to 10 K per 9 when you go over the long stretch. They all can be ace dominant. They all can throw a shutout any, any night they go out there. These guys are the same three pitchers. Pablo Lopez is the most consistent. That's probably the guy you really want who's going to cost the most, hence the Marlins backing out. But if you tell me who would you rather have between Frankie Montas and Luis Castillo, no bullshit aside, even without the injury, I might take Montas straight up. And they didn't have to pay the left Luis Castillo price tag. They didn't. So for that, you know, I, I give them an A-plus because I think they did everything the way they should have done it. They they improved everywhere they needed to improve. They didn't pay a lot to do it with future. They can call these guys up that they kept and maybe make an impact at the back end of the season. Do they have other holes they could have filled? Absolutely. Every team does. No team is perfect. But the Yankees are production the same as all the big name guys that you have on a team like the Dodgers or the Astros and they're doing it without necessarily all the big names don't get me wrong they've got big names you know their names that's I'm not saying you don't know who the Yankees are but they didn't have to pay much I think this trade deadline for the Yankees was really good one of the things for me is you don't have to waste your time and energy thinking about Joey Gallo anymore that really is a big deal like you 
Joey Gallo is a name, and it's a name that's gonna it's gonna be polarizing. Either it's really good or it's really bad. You don't have to worry about that anymore. So I think the Yankees did really good on this trade deadline. A plus for me because I don't see I really don't see how they could have done better when you look at everything considered at the end of it. Because that's what you have to do. You have to look at what they did not give up to get what they didn't get. And what did they give up to get what they got? They're in a better place this year. They are a better team right now than they were before the trade deadline. That's clear. There's no way around it. And the, the Montgomery thing, he's a good back-end pitcher. And through the rest of this run, he'd be a good team, to, a good player to have. But they don't need that. They've got a cushion. They've got a good cushion. And the other teams are going to still beat up on each other. So there's there's literally nothing I think the Yankees did wrong in this trade deadline. For that, it's an A plus for me. Yeah, you know, I think I think the you know I I I'm I'm on the B B plus, but it has nothing to do with stuff that uh, happened on the face. Like Joey Gallo for for whatever it was, just didn't work out with New York. The Yankees ended up flipping him for a high upside reliever. Right now, I'm not gonna say here that he's he's a great reliever. No, but he 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 throws triple digits, close to triple digits. He's a project. But guess what? For what we're getting from from Gallo, that's that's more that's a better return than I thought we were, we were ever gonna get. Uh, to be honest with you, and you know Joey Gallo's in, in LA now. Joey Gallo's a name. He doesn't have to be the person there, right? He's gonna go under the radar, right? Um, so I think it was good for both sides. I, the only reason why I don't think the Yankees did as good of a job as they could have done is because there was a couple of pieces in their minor leagues that they have to make decisions on next year. You know, guys like. Um, What's his name? I forgot his name. No, Miguel Andujar. Miguel Andujar. He, he was someone that was obviously displeasured, right? He can play at the major league level. He should have been traded for someone. At this point, there is value in that. Um, so now the Yankees are probably going to just lose him next year um, for, no, for no reason. Um, same, same thing with a guy like Esteban Florial, who, who, you know, he's had some major league appearances. I don't think he's necessarily an everyday guy. I think he's a role guy at best. But had some value, could have traded him, as well as some of these other guys. So I, I give them a B plus for that, but every, everything else you got you gotta love. Next team, New York Mets. They get back the hefty lefty and ball back. Uh, they get relief help with Michael Givens. Alfield help help with Tyler Naquin, and they also get Darren Ruff uh, to help against left-handers from the Giants. What do you guys grade the Mets? Uh, Rob, I'll start with you. Uh, I think I'll get I'll give the Mets a C plus, like C plus to B minus range. And the only reason I, I give them that is because of their expectations. Like, they, like, I'm not saying that the pieces that they added can't be complement pieces. It's pretty clear that all the names that are there are role players, right? Like, they, they fall in that same category of, like, a Jorge Soler or Eddie Ro Like, what a Jorge Soler or, like, an Eddie Rosario were to the Atlanta Braves last season, where they can contribute to a, to a Mets postseason run like that. But I'm just going off of expectations. When you're over here... You know, and, and it's not just their fans. When you have Mets reporters and things like that reporting on, oh, the Mets are discussing, you know, potentially acquiring Frankie Montes. The Mets are discussing potentially acquiring Juan Soto. The Mets are discussing potentially acquiring Wilson Contreras. The Mets are uh, uh, talking about J.D. Martinez, right? Now Mets fans knows what it's like to be a Yankee fan in that sense, right? Where you're constantly hearing every free agent, like, attached to your team, and then you don't get any of them. And then you walk, so, so when the names on the, from the list go Juan Soto, Wilson Contreras, J.D. Martinez to Daniel Bogoback, Tyler Naquin, Darren Ruff, yeah, I'm going to be a little down on those expectations considering that even if you subbed out all those names that you got and got one of those names in return, right, 
Like if like if the Mets traded for a JD Martinez, that's a massive upgrade to your to your everyday lineup, right? Like if you trade for a Wilson Contreras, guess guess what? Your catcher is locked up for the next five or six seasons. Like it it, it it's a huge upgrade for the now and the long term. Like Juan Soto doesn't even have to be discussed again. Like we we know what what a game changer he is for any team. Like so I, I just think it's it's because of that. It's because the Mets. Mets got and, and and the media got their fans so hyped up to expectations, and I don't know. I think it was a little bit of a letdown, but we'll see how the guys contribute to the Mets finishing out the season strong. I personally give them a B minus because for me, I think the the narrative was worse than what they actually got. Right? They get they get pieces back. Right? Like Bagelback's already been helping them in that lineup. Uh, Givens, he's a he's an established relief pitcher. Right, not not a guy that you're gonna have in, in the eighth and ninth inning, but he's a guy that can get three outs for you if you need it in the fourth. Uh, you know, Nick Wynn, role guy, rough kicking up with left handed. But you're right. What hurts the Mets the most is the fact that all these big names we talked about, we thought it was a shoe in they were gonna go after Contreras. We thought it was a shoe in they were gonna go after a guy like JD or, or Christian Vasquez, which they didn't even go after Christian Vasquez for not sake. Right? They were a team that should have gone after Josh Hader. Now, here's the real problem that Mets fans aren't going to like. Your farm system also fucking sucks. So there was nothing you guys could trade for them, right? Like, you have one piece in your, in your, in your farm system that's a guy who seems to be interested in, and that's Alvarez. That's Francisco Alvarez. Everyone else fucking sucks. When your farm system is crap, like the Mets farm system is at this point today, right, as of August 7, 2022, you couldn't, you're locked into moves you can't make, right? You just don't have the guys to, to, to you don't have the collateral it's a trade for those guys. So, you know, if you're the Mets, be, be, be mad. You know, we should have done this. You would have, to, even for Wilson Contreras, for, for a rental for the rest of the year, it would have had to have been Alvarez because nobody else in that farm system gets the job done. No package of anyone in that farm system gets that job done. Same thing for Hader. It would have had to have been Alvarez. Nobody else in that system gets the job done. That's kind of the problem when you don't have a good system, right? The J.D. Martinez doesn't does make sense, right, because J.D. And, and the Red Sox, we're going to get into that a little bit too, but that's a whole other issue. Um, Nick, what, what what do you grade them? It's a hard D minus. Like the only reason it's not a fail is because they're in first place. They've got to lead. Like, but wow, Mets, wow, wow, you didn't do anything. Like, okay, you now have a platoon with Vogelbach and anybody else you want to throw in there. Okay, you did get a maybe a little better defense with uh, with Naquin, but man, you didn't fix anything that you really needed. And here's the reason I give them such a low grade. They did way worse than the other two teams that are competing with them in the NL East. They did way worse than even the Phillies did better. When have we ever said that about the Phillies? Like, let's be real. When have we ever talked positively about the Phillies over the Mets? This is one of those things. I mean, the Phillies got Syndergaard. Whatever you want to say, that's an ace guy that might be able to dominate coming down the stretch. It's at least a depth piece. Uh, they also got David Robinson. So they kind of, I don't want to say sure up their bullpen, but they definitely got way better. They got Sosa from the Cardinals at shortstop to help out for some infield depth. I mean, the Phillies did better. And then the Braves, the Braves are just braving. I mean, what a good trade deadline for this. You get arguably the best closer in the AL in Rossiel Iglesias. He's now your setup guy? So you got Rossiel Iglesias as your setup guy who normally can go two innings easy? So this isn't your eighth inning guy. This is your seventh and eighth inning guy. And if Kenley Jansen goes down and has injury or, or buckles, you have a closer. And now you have Kenley Jansen as your backup guy unless he's injured. That's solid. That's That right there, to me, is the best piece that moved in the NL East coming in. 
So you got Rossiel Iglesias, and then you add outfield depth to Grossman. You got a younger guy that might be okay with Tucker Davidson. I don't think he's going to turn out that good, but uh, sorry, you gave him away for for Rossiel Iglesias, so you're not really going to use him anyway. And then you get a guy like Jacob Rizzi, who again, whatever you want to say, you talk about kind of that back end rotation guy. They don't need Jacob Rizzi, but he is a serviceable major league pitcher who can go out there and dominate a game. And if you do it at the right time of the year, it saves a lot. The Braves just, they did it. They did the damn thing again, this trade deadline. And the Mets is a D minus simply because the other two teams got so much better. And to your point, Daniel, if the farm system sucks, it does. But you could still gut it. Because when was the last time the Mets had this good of a team? 2015? Like, this is it for them. And they go through spurts of being bad for long periods of time. You don't know what's going to happen. Again, as much as we joke about it, the Mets are going to met. Look, they have bad luck. They have for years. As bad as they've been at running a baseball team, they've also had just terrible luck. We thought Jacob DeGrom was the number three guy behind Noah Syndergaard and Matt Harvey. Like, And everybody that watched baseball thought that for a while. Let's be real. Of those three guys, there's very few that picked Jacob DeGrom to be the best of the three. They just have bad luck along the way of them just doing what they do. This is a terrible trade deadline for the Mets. If you're a Mets fan, I'm sorry because I'm not saying you lost at the trade deadline, but you did not win. What, what grade would you give the, the Braves then? Uh, I give the grade the, the Braves a B, but because of what they did last year and just the way they've run the organization last few years, it's, it, it floats more towards the B plus A minus. But I would say a B because they, they also traded away Will Smith, which is a good lefty. I get it was to get Jake Odorizzi. And I don't know the Braves well enough to know which one they needed more, but I think that that last pitcher with the injuries they've had in the starting staff of Jake Odorizzi, I think helps more than a Will Smith in the bullpen. But when you turn right around and get a uh, Iglesias who can get lefties out real easy, it, it's kind of a wash. But I would give them a solid B. And the Phillies I would give an A- minus because I think they improved their team so much more than any other team in the, in the NL East. They didn't get the big-name guys, but the guy got – they filled needs big time without losing anything. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, no, for, for me, Braves, there wasn't much they, they could do, right? That team is pretty was, was pretty good set in. So I'm actually giving them an A. I think Rezio Garcia Iglesias was the guy that not enough people were talking about because he's kind of having a down season. But you can say Angels, everyone has a down season, unless you're short. Um, plus, Jake Rezio definitely gives them a little bit of depth. Um, Phillies, I, I don't know how I feel about the Phillies as a team overall. So I, I give them a C. I, I get Noah Syndergaard's a pretty good guy to bat in there. But I just don't care about them. So I don't care if they, how they upgrade. They, they also just dropped DD, which was good for them to do. Rob, what, what grades do you give the Braves and the Phillies? Uh, yeah, I have, them, I have them pretty pretty close, too. I think I would, like you guys said, I think I give the Braves a B plus just because I don't think that there were that many impact moves that the Braves could have made or that, like, go against, like, what we've usually seen for, from the Braves. Like, again, last season we saw them add this as well complimentary pieces that led to a world series so it kind of sticks to their to their standard and for the phillies i'd probably go like, like similar to what i gave the mets c plus b minus i don't think noah Syndergaard is is a uh, is an over-the-top name but i think what noah Syndergaard brings is a guy who has pitching talent and recognizes pitching in the nl east which could be a difference for the phillies who are trying to lock up one of the wild card spots right like it's it's a it's it's been feeling like somewhat of a of a different team ever since they let go of Girardi. So, you know, the, this Phillies team with a with some of the additions that they made and Bryce Harper potentially coming back from, from injury for them um, here at the end of August or start of September, like that could be the push that they need. Like the Phillies might 
have what it takes come at the end of the season to, to lock up that third wildcard spot. Like we, we really don't know. Like, like it could be a situation where we were out here talking about, you know, the AL East is going to send three or four teams to the postseason. The NL East might end up doing the same thing. Like who knows? Like Mets, Braves and Phillies could all end up going. Like it, it, it's looking like a very real uh, possibility for them. Yo, real quick on the Braves. I know we're not going to go through all their moves, but let's be real. The Austin Riley extension, that's a big damn deal. Like, I really want to know what the Braves are putting in these drinks before they have the contract negotiations with these agents. Because you've talked about team-friendly deals. Austin Riley at $21.2 million a year for 10 years. Look, he got MVP votes last year. He's going to get them this year. He's otherworldly right now. His stretch through July was insanity. That's, that is a big move, and it's team-friendly. 21.2 is not bad for an MVP caliber third baseman who plays decent defense. You've already got Acuna Jr. and Albies on these team-friendly deals. What magic do the Braves have when making contracts? That's they they are the standard for that. We don't we don't talk about the Braves enough because they're kind of uh like they're, they're on the East Coast technically, but they're not really on a, what we consider the East Coast in, in Atlanta. They're they're the best organization in baseball, in my opinion, from top down. You know we don't talk about it enough the rookies that come up they produce. Um, the guys that they have on there they have high level talent right like Acuna Jr. Um, you know, they had Freddie Freeman there, right? Replacing him with an all-star in Matt Olsen, right? So that team, that team just all go. Will, Will, William Contreras, Wilson Contreras' brother, right? Had, has come out, was an all-star this year. Um, but yeah, all right, like, let, let's run through these next teams a little bit faster because they didn't do any any huge moves, but they definitely did, you know, depth moves, guys that are definitely going to help. So what, what do you guys grade the Twins? Uh, I'll start with you, Nick. Uh, the Twins I got at a solid... You know, they, they address their needs pretty well. I put them in an A minus B plus. I'm probably leaning more towards the A minus because I think they did. You know what? I would put their moves in a vacuum at a B plus, but based off what the rest of the AL Central did and what the rest of the contending teams in the AL did around them for those last wild card spots, that would put it to an A minus. They made the most moves of what they needed, and I like a lot of their additions. Rob, what do, we, what do you get the Twins? I'm feeling a bit different. I'm going to give the Twins a C uh, simply because I don't I, – I, Look, realistically, the Twins weren't going to go out there and make a move that made me feel they were on the same level with the Astros or the Yankees. So, like, in that sense, they were never going to win the deadline. But at the same time, they didn't make any moves. Like, yeah, Jorge Lopez was a good acquisition, but that those moves don't make me go, hey, you separated yourself from the White Sox and the Guardians. You know, like, it, 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 they're, they're like a game or two separated in their own division right now. Like, the Twins, the twins might fall. Like, the, like that, it's a very real possibility that we're here talking at the end of the season and the Twins are, are not in the, in the postseason. So. I think they needed to make somewhat of a bigger splash. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to speculate names or anything like that, but if they would have gone out and gotten a gotten involved harder in the Luis Castillo sweepstakes, right? Like, if we saw the Twins make a Luis Castillo acquisition, we'd be like, oh, shit. Like, the okay, like, the Twins are actually, like, trying to do something. Like, maybe they're, maybe they're trying to convince Correa to, like, stick around, you know, long-term or something like that. But... Like, yeah, I, I just think that they needed to make a, a, a splashier move to kind of compete with, honestly, their their own division. The Guardians and, and White Sox are not going away. Like, that's something that could go down to the last week of the season. Like, they're going to be right there with the Twins. So I, I think they got it. They definitely have a, a tougher out than a Yankees or Astros team in their division. Yeah, look, tw Twins suck. This, this, these moves made them suck a little bit less. Yeah, all of that was to say Twins suck, which, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is a statement that I probably agree with. But here's the thing. I don't think there's any moves they could have made that would have changed the position of, of the Twins, right? Their core guys just aren't really that good, aside from, obviously, aside from the shortstop, right? He's, he's an absolute, like, monster. Uh, and I guess Carlos Correa, you can, you can consider a, a core guy now, not really for the year. 
But still, Twins like I, I give them I give them a B plus though, just because you know they, they did upgrade, right? To say they did an upgrade would be me lying. All right, what, what grade do you guys give the Astros? Rob, I'll start with you. Yeah, Astros, I'd probably give an A minus, um, simply because they added look they added Christian Vasquez, uh, and yeah, they had a catching need, but at the same time, like the catching position hasn't been a real worry for them in a way. Like it's like. Yeah, you might want more offense out of your catching position, right? But, like, defensively and all that stuff and framing and working with your pitchers, like, Martin Maldonado has been pretty much getting the job done for you guys the last couple of seasons, right? Christian, I'm not going to sit here and say that Christian Vasquez isn't an upgrade, right? Like, it, yeah, it, for a lot of teams, Christian Vasquez would, would, would be an upgrade at, at catcher. So, I think that was a good acquisition for them. They get Trey Mancini, who is a not just a very good player, but – also a very good person like you know like a, like a, like a teammate that you would want to add to any locker room so i think i think in that sense like look they locked up another solid bat in that lineup as well like whatever when the yankees blue jays whoever ends up seeing houston you know that trey mancini it fills up a massive hole right if trey mancini is your whatever number six number seven hitter that's something you don't want to see right like i'd rather see trey mancini on a team that's like a great playoff team and he's hitting like four for fifth for them, right? Like not on the Astros who are already stacked. So I think from, from that sense, they made, they definitely made some solid moves. Yeah. I mean, for me, Astros weren't really a team they needed to add much, but they go out there and get Mancini, who's going to be a great role player who, who, you know, he has a lot more upside than people give him credit for. Uh, he, he, he's been stuck in, with the Orioles, which they've been a bad team for the last few years, but he's a really good player. I'll go fuck about Christian Vasquez personally. I think he's, I think he's a pretty overrated catcher that just happened to play for the Red Sox, but people give him more than more credit than he deserves. Uh, also, he's a former Red Sox, so fuck him. Um, Nick, what, what do you give the Astros? I give him a B. Uh, I mean, their moves were solid, but I really wish I could have been a fly on the wall to listen to the Wilson Contreras trade talks with the Astros, assuming there were any. Because if you have the op- – I can't imagine Christian Vasquez cost that much less than Wilson Contreras would have costed. I just – I can't imagine that. So <clears throat> you're telling me your options are Wilson Contreras or Christian Vasquez, and you lost out on Wilson Contreras. They're a team that's been in the ALCS four or five years in a row. They're looking like they're going to go there again. Um, I can't give them too low a grade because, like you said, their team was already built. And did they improve? Yes, they did. So it's got to be above a C. But <clears throat> the only reason it's not an A for me is because, to me, Josh Bell was the play over Trey Mancini. He, Josh Bell is clearly a better hitter. He's a switch hitter, and he's got good defense. I love me some Trey Mancini, but he is not Josh Bell. Not this year, not any year. And Christian Vasquez is not uh, is not Wilson Contreras. The Will Smith, yeah, they they bolstered their bullpen. They got rid of a starting pitcher that a lot of people said they were going to get rid of to get Wilson Contreras. So their best, their biggest move was not in a position of need with the bullpen and a lefty. Their biggest need was first base and catcher. They did upgrade both, but I think they could have done a lot more, which is why I have them at a B. All right, uh, moving over quickly, Cardinals. What do you, Nick? What do you give the Cardinals? Uh, I don't think F minus is a grade, but it's going to be an F minus. What the fuck are you doing? Go get Juan Soto. That's all there is to it. Like, yeah, F minus. I'm just leave it at that. Yeah, I give the Cardinals a C. Um, I don't think I don't think they definitely didn't make any type of like splashy move, but I think that adding a Montgomery and a Quintana and, and a Strat, and even though none of those names like immediately jump off the page. It does give them pitching depth, you know, like which is something that they're probably going to need when you're when you're planning on going up against a, a Mets or a Dodgers or a Braves team in the postseason, right? You're going to want probably as as many arms as possible, 
because the arms that you throw out there are are gonna get beat up by those teams. So like you know you you want to kind of have like more arms to go to. So it, it's a C simply just because it wasn't any splashy names, but I do think that they did end up taking care of it. Yeah, you know, for me, I'll go C minus. I think they instead of like I never thought they should have been in the Juan Soto discussions. I think the way their team was built wasn't for a guy like that to come in. However, I thought they would have really, really should have gone after a guy like Frankie Montas or Luis Castillo, a top end guy. I think that would have been the biggest difference maker for for them as far as being a playoff team to being an actual contender, right? Um, it's obvious this team is built around defense. Um, we saw Monty shut out the Yankees last night. Uh, Quintana, he's a good pitcher, right? When you have defense that's that's good, that's that good, you can put average guys out there and they're going to pitch above their pay grade. Um, but they needed to add one one big guy, and they they, they didn't do that. I think that that was kind of their, that's why that's why I give them a low grade. Um, but what's it called? Let's go to the Dodgers. What what, what grade do you guys give the Dodgers? It, I feel like weird like grading them on trades because again, I I think. If I'm just grading them on trade, what a D? Yeah, like they didn't that one trade, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they didn't do anything. Like I, I don't think Joey Gallo is anything that you could get a A, B, or C on. Like you're, you, you at like honestly, like that's not even like me trying to exaggerate. Like, look, Joey, I hope Joey Gallo goes and has a, a great rest of his career and improves and like finds it again. I want the guy to succeed, but the facts are the facts. Like I think Michael, I think Michael K had said something like a like a couple days ago where like his 500 at bat, like A, B sample is like the worst 500 AP sample in the history of anyone who's had a 500 AP sample to play. For the that's not a pitcher. That's like, not a pitcher. Yeah. Like you, yeah, you, yeah, you feel me? Like, so it's not, it's not Yankee fans being like, oh, this guy's, no, like the numbers are right there. Like that, that, it's not us exaggerating either. Like, I hope you bounce back, but it was not working out in New York. Like his time in New York was cooked. Like it, it was done. We had to get rid of it. So like, yeah, the Dodgers picked them up. But again, I think the Dodgers long-term thing is going to be what they end up getting back from it. So like, that's why I don't, I don't, I don't think, yeah, they were in the Juan Soto talks, but I don't think the Dodgers even had to go too crazy and make that big of a trade. Uh, I mean, they they didn't need much. I'm giving, for a trade deadline, I'm giving them a B. They have a 14-half game lead, and they really, there wasn't much they were going to do. And I'll say this about the Joey Gallo piece, is let's look at the Dodgers' track record with, I don't know, Max Muncy, Chris Taylor. You know, they have so many. I know there's more. Those are just two big ones. But look at what they've taken from other teams and turn them into. Now you've got somebody like Joey Gallo, who his coming into this, his potential was 40 home runs. I mean, he's a better player coming into this than either Max Muncy or Chris Taylor. Like flat out. If you take all these guys from when they went to the Dodgers, how do you rank them? Joey Gallo is probably the guy that most people would rather take the chance on. And he's going to a team that has shown a propensity to actually turn mediocre guys into all-stars. Literally, journeyman in the minors to literally all-stars now you've got a guy who was i believe he has an all-star on his ledger yeah what a couple i think yeah so what could you turn him into so with with that being said they didn't lose any prospects they have a 14 and a half game lead as of today they have the best record in baseball and they have for a little bit it's a b because they know more than i do about how to win baseball games at the major league level they have for years they will for years that's a smart organization. It's a B for me because did they make any moves? No, but what were they going to make moves in? Where do they really need help? Not anywhere because they're the best team in baseball. I, I say this. I give them I give them a C plus. Uh one, you take a chance on Joy Gallo, which look, man, you get an all-star player in Joy Gallo as was, as was mentioned, right? Yeah, he struggled this year, but 
we know, look, last year everyone was on Joey Gallo with, hey, we need to trade for Joey Gallo, we need to trade for Joey Gallo. Guess what? You get him this year at an extreme discount, right? See how that works out. Worst comes to worst, you have a, a guy who plays solid defense and can run the bases pretty well, right? With with pop potential, you know. Um, the thing that I think hurt the Dodgers the most was the fact that they were as late on um, Juan Soto as they were, right? I think teams like the Yankees who knew they weren't going to get in there said, hey, fuck it, we don't have this. Let's let's go, let's go, let's, let's shift the reaction right now. Let's not spend time and energy on this when we know we're not going to give them what, what, they, what they want. And we don't have the prospects to do it the way they, that we want to do it. You know, St. Louis Cardinals, I think they they were in there way too late. That's why they didn't, they didn't go for a pitcher, right? When, when you hear when you hear the, that the Yankees were in on Pablo Lopez as late as they were, you have to think that teams like the Dodgers, teams like the Cardinals, could have also been in that discussion with the Marlins. And they probably had better things to offer the Marlins that the Yankees did. But the difference was they had all their energy spent on Juan Soto. So instead of saying, hey, let's go really try on Frankie Montes, let's go really try it on Castillo, let's go really try on Pablo Lopez or, or, or Carlos Rodon, let's, you know, let's focus our, our energy on Juan Soto because he's that big fish. And in doing that, they lost out on all these guys that with the prospects they have, were pretty, they probably could have gotten. So that's why they're going to see plus, right? You know, the, the Joey Gallo thing, you're, you're taking, you're taking, it's like, it's like a lottery prize, right? You, you pay $2. With Joey Gallo, you might get at least a hundred bucks back, right? Did you win the, the the mega millions? No, probably not. But you have that chance. You're definitely going to be at a, at a at a plus instead of a minus. I really don't think that Gallo is going to struggle as much as he did with the Yankees. Um, look, that being said, we do have to talk about some of the teams that were like, "What the fuck were you doing?" Because as 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 interesting as the trades that were made, the trades that weren't made are just as interesting in my in, in my opinion. You know, let, let's start with the Angels. We talked about it a lot last week about Otani, but the Angels also had other pieces they, they could have given up. Right? Iglesias, they trade away, so good. But there's also some other guys that you, you thought, hey, maybe they, they move some of the guards, they move, right? But th- these are kind of the head scratching teams. What did how, how do you guys feel the Angels approach this trade deadline? We'll, we'll just go thumbs up, thumbs down, man. Rob, Angels, thumbs up, thumbs down. Middle, middle, down? All right. No, that's down. Down for sure. You, you would trade Otani? I would have done it, bro. I, I, like I don't understand. Like they're not going anywhere. They're like they're not going anywhere. Like that's a, that's as simply as I can put it. Like that again, it's on no hating shit. But like the Angels are what eighteen and thirty seven. Like since June second, since 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 they were above five hundred, like or, or a couple games over five hundred. Like they are free falling. Like they <clears throat> this season has no joke been like one of the saddest seasons I've seen for like a, for like a free falling baseball team for a team. I, I don't think like, honestly, and that's, that's again, no joke. Maybe I haven't been paying like that close of attention, but I don't think I've seen a team in the last 20 years perf- like have this type of fall off with the amount of talent that they had on that team and the start that they had to complement the season. Right. Like, like in May, we all thought the angels were going to the postseason. Like, if you yeah. ask this in May, like, how are they looking? They're going to the postseason. Now, I mean, dude, I would have I would have gotten Otani out of there, like, yeah, like a week ago, bro. Like, they look at the package that Soto got. Look at, the, like, honestly, look at the package that Soto got. If, if San Diego, yo, if San Diego pulled up to the Angels and offered that package to to uh, the Angels, bro, do the Angels, do the Angels give uh, uh, San Diego Mike Trout? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, switch it, switch it. Do the Angels take a different approach and try to build around Otani? 
the like, truth is, the, the truth is they don't. Angels just don't. Like, I mean, we got to hope that they become a reasonable, like, franchise at some point and start to, like, listen to some of these offers seriously because, but again, that, look, honestly, that's what reasonable franchises do. It, it's, it sounds crazy, but if Juan Soto's not going to be there, you trade Juan Soto and you get the type of package that the Nationals got back where you don't come off as complete losers. Like, it's like, that's just the facts, man. Yo, Nick, what about you, man? You, you also had a thumbs down. It's a strong thumbs down. They have a $170 million payroll. They're ninth in baseball, and they have a losing record, and they keep having losing records. They, This is the team that needs to blow it up, and they have every piece to do it with. You've got the most valuable player in Otani. They get at least the package that Soto got, at least if they're really giving him up. Like, if he's really trade talk competitive, they get that at a minimum. You know what? Just dump Mike Trout's salary, Okay. He's got a back problem. Don't, don't get me wrong. They're not going to get anything back for Trout right now. Like, they'll get stuff. But they're not getting best player in the game for the last 10 years, Mike Trout, stuff back. But dump the salary. Clear your books. Do your best to clear Rendon. Like, clear all this money out. Go Baltimore Orioles status and just get, like, where people are paying you money to put a team on the field because other teams are paying these contracts. They need a clean sweep. They need a clean wipeout. Their farm system isn't good. They have too much money on the books. It's just, it's a bad situation. This was their opportunity because the value for Otani is never going to be higher. Next year, you've got one year left, this two-way player, and you're hoping he doesn't have an injury the rest of the season because if he does, you're really effed. This is a terrible trade deadline for the Angels. They just need to realize that they're not good. They haven't been good. They need a new front office. They need they need new everything, like even owner. Like they should be the team that's selling. And they need to start talking about being moved like the Oakland Athletics because the team is just bad. It's getting worse. They're not making – don't get me wrong. I'm sitting here talking about baseball on a podcast, okay? I'm not making any decisions for Major League Baseball teams. I get that. But where are you going, Angels? You're just going into we're going to have the two biggest names in the game on our team and we're going to take in whatever money we can get from that. We don't really care about winning. Yeah, you know, I'll say this. The Angels, their problems are infrastructure. Right, like I think they they're willing to play to, to pay the big names, which is something you need to do, right? Like Dodgers pay the big names, the Yankees pay the big names, Mets pay the big names, right? But if you don't have a a system to support that, then it really doesn't matter who you have, and that's that's their bigger problem, right? We, I remember Joe Adele, that was our conversation. Will he be good? Will he be bad? He's been fucking horrible. Holy shit, can you be? I never thought he he's too athletic to be as bad as he's he's been, both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, other guys just haven't really panned out the way they thought they were. Um, so, you know. bro, they literally, they literally need to learn how to function. Like, like, and again, it's not a hating thing, but it's like, how about this? Look, it's easy, it's easy problem and solution. If you have shitty player development, invest in player development. If you don't have yeah. any pitching, trade for pitching. Like, it's like simple solutions. Like, when was the last time that you saw the Angels going super aggressive? At acquiring a quality starting pitcher at the deadline. Well, they don't have the pieces, too. That's why, because it's just a bizarre. I, I get it, but you have you have to try. Then, then you have to take advantage of high points. You have to take advantage of a David Fletcher having a career season. You have to take advantage of a Max Stassi having a, a, a good season. You have to you have to take advantage of a Jared Walsh, of a Jared Walsh having a good season, right? If if your plan is to build around Trout and Otani. And you know, like, look, realistically, what the Angels always are missing is pitching. It's not offense. Like, the Angels' offense, like, yeah, sure, they have shitty offensive games like a lot of teams do. Like, a lot of teams with great lineups do. 
We've seen the Yankees have terrible games. We've seen the Mets have terrible games. Like, it, it, it happens. But they need pitching. And, they, bro, it's every single time. And they don't acquire any pitching. They tried to with Syndergaard. Didn't work. But we all knew what the thing with Syndergaard was. He has the injury history. And his and his numbers, if, if anything, have a, have regressed back to the norm. Like it, like in this last, like in these last couple months here for the Angels, like he got traded to Philly. Yeah, you got out of that. Con I mean, Syndergaard was on a one year deal anyway. But like, it's just like, dude, they need to, they need to, need to, need to. I don't know, bro. Otani's their best pitcher, but Otani also gets you back like a top pitching prospect. You know, like 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 uh, similar to Soto, you probably get a if you find the right team, you get it. You get that team's best pitching prospect and best hitting prospect. Like for sure in an Otani no, trade. No, like the only, the only problem with that though is is look, there's no package that you can that you can compare to, to what the Angels would need for an Otani. Like what what the what the Padres gave up for Soto is the closest thing you get to an actual package for Otani. Yeah, they're gonna take a lot. They're gonna take somewhat of a loss, Who's but guess curious? what? You have to do it. You have to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not, bro, it, bro. Look. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. And, and, and this could be a, a, a prediction for our podcast, bro. We will literally sit here for two hours and have a full two-hour conversation if Shohei Otani leaves the Angels and they don't trade him. If they don't get anything in return for Shohei, he's not signed long-term. He signed one more season. Bro, if they don't trade him, if he walks, if he walks and they don't trade him, the Angels are literally the most dysfunctional franchise in the game of baseball. Like, oh, like, I'll, like, tell like I'll tell you this. Look, look, look. If Otani doesn't sign there, it's because he really doesn't want to be there. Angels will match whatever number anybody else in the in the industry throws at him. But again, whether Otani wants to stay, there's a whole different thing. But if someone comes out here, hey, yo, Otani, we'll give you five million dollars, five hundred million dollars. Angels will come in and say five hundred and one million. Bro, the problem just, is, just, see, right. but the problem that's that's where the problem is. Look, when yeah, you no, are, it's not a problem. When when you're a superstar, a when you're Otani, why has why has he signed the contracts that he signed? You feel me? Like, like it's not like he's made any crazy amount of money when he could have. Because again, remember, yeah. it's not like it's not like baseball. Like, like oh, you're coming up out the majors. He made the jump over from Japan as a, as a phenom, yeah. right? He could have gotten. He could have got if he honestly wanted to. He could have crushed Masahiro Tanaka's contract with the Yankees, the one fifty five million that the Yankees gave Masahiro Tanaka, who who was his similar age, but again was just a pitcher. This guy, this guy, people already knew he was a two way player coming out of Japan. He's been playing for pennies. For what his talent is, he's been playing for pennies. So that tells me, and especially the way that he answers some of the conversations that he, that he uh, not conversations, some of the questions that he gets asked by interviewers, right? The way that Otani answers some conversations make you realize he's not a dude that really cares about the money. Like, yes, he's right. going to, he's going to, when negotiations come, yes, he's going to want to get paid and sure, but he, he's a guy that is going to put winning above it all. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, we might have perceptions about certain teams, right? But like, uh, for for example, like, and, and this is like a, I know this is like a like a cheap like way of, but like how we'll talk about like, oh, can Ichiro, right? Like, can a guy like Ichiro like potentially like recruit like a guy like Otani to the Mariners or something like that? It all comes down. Yes, that helps. We're not gonna act like that doesn't help because obviously we know that the legend that Ichiro is not just to the game of baseball but to Japan as a country. Like, it helps. But it also helps when you're actually trying to build a contender, which is what a trade for a Luis Castillo shows, which is what player development, like getting a young superstar like a Julio Rodriguez shows. If the Mariners move towards that direction, yo, if Joey Otani ends up on Seattle, it changes Seattle's like whole culture as a baseball team. People will want to sign with Seattle to play with Shohei. Yo, Shohei Ota your team being led by Shohei Otani and Julio Rodriguez, 
who wouldn't want to play with those guys, man? Like that's it's the same thing we we talked about with with with, with Otani and Trout. The only reason is people don't want to play with those guys because the Angels ain't doing shit. Like and those are just the facts. If you're not winning with these, if you're not winning or at least putting together competent attempts to get the pieces that you need to win, like the Mariners have been doing, right? The Mariners waited their little time. The Mariners were willing to trade the best closer in baseball. Yeah, we, you know, we can argue the return that they got, Jared Kellenick and all that stuff, but they were willing to give up pieces. They were willing to, to, to get off of the years that were left on the Robinson Cano contract. They were willing to take their L's. They were willing to wait for Julio Rodriguez to develop. Now they're in a position where they have really good pieces moving forward. Yeah, they might never be the Astros, but we don't know what they might become depending yeah, on who they acquire. The other problem I think I think what comes with that to all of this is, is like the rhetoric is always not what usually happens, right? So yeah, we can say Ichiro, and we can say competitor. It always comes down to a dollar amount, man. Like I like you know the, that's just to what a certain happens. extent. To a certain extent, because we just saw we just saw Jose Ramirez sign an extension oh, that was super low. Like he wanted to play in Cleveland. Whole different story though. He never he didn't he wasn't gonna hit free agency because of that, right? But still, that that's one in, that's that's one in what a hundred guys maybe every free free agency period, bro. But right? it depends. It depends on people. Like you said, it comes down to the money, right? You said the Angels are gonna match any offer. I think there's going to be teams out there that are willing to match whatever the Angels are, and that's the problem. Yeah, if it comes well, down to a Yankee a offer, if it comes down to $400 million between the Yankees and Angels, Dodgers and Angels, uh, Padres and Angels, Cardinals and Angels, Tony should jump. The difference between Angels and everybody else is that everyone else is fiscally responsible, right? There's a reason why Anthony Rendon isn't on the Dodgers. They were going to pay him that, you know, that amount. Yeah, I like, mean, remember, that was bad luck. Like, like, I'll give them that. I'll give them that. That was bad luck for the Angels. Because, again, yeah. it, it, they overpaid for Rendon, but at, at, if you look at it, it was a good investment on their part. They paid for what, at the time, was a top three, four, third base. No, you're right. You're right. So, right. And, now, you know, and now, like, now, they can't, now they can't give them away, right? Let, let's get yeah. some other teams, though. You know, Otani is a hot topic no matter what. Um, but other teams that had, had scratching deadlines, the Giants. Say it. Say it. Giants. Yeah. Like, what were your thoughts on the Giants? I'll go, I'll go to the former Giant, Rob. I mean, not Rob, Nick. No, 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 yeah, give it to Nick. <laughs> Yo, uh, this is the first time I've ever seen Farhan's lady hiccup. Like, for real. Like, I'm wondering if he was just sick on those five days that were really important to the trade deadline. Like, was he did, – did his phone break and they couldn't get him a new one? Because <laughs> – don't get me wrong. It's not like they have a lot to give away, you know? And the only thing I can say for the Giants is that maybe Zaidi – actually realized how lucky they were last year. Literally every one of their players had a career year at the same time for an entire season. Let's be real here. It's not like they went through a couple months hurts. They had full seasons of who is this guy? Where did he come from? And how did this happen? To the point where the Giants were being talked about magically being able to recreate old players. They're not. And this is what the Giants should have been last year, to be real with you. They are a bit better than a 500 team. But all the good luck they had last year is now all bad luck this year. I don't know what they were going to do, to be honest with you. Um, but you you need to go one way or the other. You need to sell off everything or go get it. Brandon Belt was a piece they could have gotten rid of, like for sure. Even with his off injury, you could have gotten something to help your farm system for a Brandon Belt. I understand him being a lifetime giant. I understand him wanting to be there, which is he signed a pretty good deal for the Giants this year. Um, it's, it's a head scratcher. But also, if you know the giant system is what do you really do? Um, I thought they could have sold off a few more pieces, Brandon Belt being one of them. Um, I really think they could move Joey Bart. Um, he still has some shine to him. It's not a lot, 
but I don't think he's going to play for the Giants, so just get rid of him for whatever you might be able to get. It's not going to be a great package. It might even be just cash considerations, um, but that's a piece that you could have moved. Everybody else, there's really not anybody you can move. You'd have to really get a good package for Logan Webb, and he had a down, he's having a down year. So the package wasn't going to be what you'd want to give away for a possible ace that can have a good playoff run. Um, this is just who the Giants are. There really wasn't, there weren't many moves to make, and they weren't going to go get anybody that was going to get them back into the playoff race because they're eight games out of the wild card now, and they're under 500. You can't be a 500 team and really, like, yeah, you can go get the playoffs, but are you really going to sell off a whole bunch to go get to the playoffs? I think the moves they made were solid. They got rid of some money. They got rid of some guys that weren't coming back. They got rid of guys who are more platoon than every day. And they got guys back that might turn into everyday players for them. Um, but the Giants are still in rebuild mode. They just had a crazy year last year. They're still going in the right direction to get back to being competitive. Um, there wasn't really going to be much you could do. But it is a head scratcher because they didn't do anything. They didn't go one way or the other. They didn't sell. They didn't buy. They just kind of maintained a 500 record. Yeah, look, like Giants Giants had a big piece in Rodon. They could have traded for, for, for a good prospect, right? Um, starting pitching is hard to find. Rodon's been one of the better ones for the last couple of years. Uh, I don't know why why you, you just don't say hey we're, we're gonna trade this, this one piece away, right? One one that he is tradable. It's, it's not like well it's not like a it's not popular for Matt to trade like an Otani, right? Rodone he's 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 a guy who's traditionally traded at these deadlines. He wasn't you know the one thing that I love about this and, and this is very selfishly is in my in my my head. There's two real competitors for an Aaron Judge contract. That's the Yankees and that's the Giants. Those are the only two teams that I think really have the, the money and the places where Aaron Judge would want to play that you know can make those offers. I don't think Aaron Judge wants to go to a struggling team in the Giants, right? Like you know, no matter what amount they, they pay for him. Um, so I, I think that's super helpful uh, as far as like offseason goes, the fact that they're struggling. So selfishly, I'm glad they they stayed stupid. Rob, what were your thoughts on the Giants this offseason? I mean, this trade deadline. No, I completely agree with you. I think I think when you look, guys, when you sign a pitcher like Carlos Rondon, right? You cannot tell me that you don't sign a pitcher like Carlos Rondon with the intention of trading him at a trade deadline in the back of your head, right? Like like when you sign Carlos Rondon, your thinking is. I hope this guy has a hot first half so I can flip him for prospects, which is exactly what he gave the Giants and they didn't pull the trigger. And you know why they didn't pull the trigger? Because a lot of people kept saying that they had a very high price tag on Carlos Rendon. That's another mistake. You know what you have in Rendon, right? You you don't have Pablo Lopez. Like, I don't, like I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm sure that numbers are better, but you don't have Pablo Lopez. You don't have Luis Castillo. You, I keep saying it. You have a guy who was designated for assignment two years ago. Like, yeah, he had, he, he's been, he's been great for sure. But then you have to be willing to say, Hey, I'm looking to flip them. A team is offering you two or three prospects that are solid, right? You might not be getting a team's number one prospect or anything. You have to be willing to take that. You feel me? Like, yeah, you're not going to get slaughtered in a trade or anything like that either, but you can't also be asking like tier a pitcher like pack, prospect package in return. Like you, you, they had to flip Rendon. Like that, that was an L. That was an L because they're not doing anything. Like Nick said, this is what the Giants were. We talked about it when they had the season that they had last year. Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford had career seasons, 
right? Like they went off and that's why seasons like last year are kind of like, you kind of wish that they didn't happen in a way because it kind of messes up the road that you were on, right? Like you kind of, you kind of give in to like, man, we're having a really fantastic season. Like let's just go for it this season, right? And you keep a lot of pieces that you should probably be trying to move so that your team could move closer to real contention because let's be honest, you look at this at this San Francisco team now, compared to a Dodgers team, compared to a San Diego team, like you still every going into every season for the next like five years, it still looks like you're going, you know, you're gonna pick either LA or San Diego over San Francisco. So like and 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 it was kind of looking like San Francisco was gonna be able to pair itself like with the with the other two, right? And like we were gonna have like a little trio, like, hey, maybe if San Francisco does keep up contention and signs Aaron Judge. And takes that next step, you know, into like, oh, they're really building something here. But nah, man, they're just, I mean, this is not their season either. Um, I don't, I pick, I, I pick at least seven teams in the, in the NL over them. And there's only six spots. So like that should let you know, like what I think of San Francisco. I mean, I, I they won, what was it? Last year they won 107, right? Like they won 107 last year. And I didn't have them as one of, as one of my six playoff teams, like coming into this season. So that lets you know what I thought about them even coming into the year. Like it was, it was an overperformance. Um, and I think they're they're a team that clearly still has some moves to be made. Yeah, I mean, look, it's talent, it's a talent deficient team that could have had some got, got some talent. Rodon, you got to remember the Rodon contract that he signed with them was a very player friendly deal where it's like, hey, two years. If I get injured, I'll re up and then get my guaranteed twenty mil. If I do great, I can go test the market and get that long term that I'm looking for. Next team that's a head scratcher, yo, Cubs, Cubs, what are you doing, Cubs? You trade away the one dude that has, you know, options as far as a like, team control and Efros, but you keep you, you keep Ian Ian Happ, which was one of your biggest trade chips. You keep you keep Wilson Contreras, man, which was probably your biggest trade chip. But here's what I'm hearing: this, 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 this is the the kind of rumor mill. Apparently, they wanted too much for both those guys, and you know, one of the things with, with Wilson Contreras was, hey, look, what's the market going to be? realistically it was the Mets and the Astros they weren't going to outbid each other it just wasn't going to happen right like both teams were in first place neither team was really gonna it wasn't a position to say hey we're gonna dish out these big prospects for for this guy right um may, maybe I don't know maybe San Diego probably I'm surprised they didn't you know grab him too uh just because they're, they're out here snatching everybody even though they got a pretty good backstop tandem back there but yo what, what are your thoughts on the Cubs man I'll start with you, Rob. Uh, the Cubs just did cubbish moves. I, I think I don't understand why they haven't finished off like their full gutting of the team. Like after you got rid of Brian and Baez and Rizzo, like you needed to you needed to like finish off like like Contreras was that final piece. Like Hap is, Hap is you know not on the same tier as like those four players in terms of like all star caliber players and that type of thing. But like Contr- you move Contreras, dude. Like I don't understand like. We've talked about it before, right? Catchers are such a diminishing piece, right? Like, like, like elite catchers diminish in value like very fast, unless you're like an elite of the elite. And we've talked about it before. No matter what catcher you see in the game today, like that you rank as an elite catcher in the game today, they are not a Joe Maurer. They are not a Buster Posey. They are not a Yadier Molina. So why aren't teams trying to cash in on Wilson Contreras' best years, right? Because don't don't come over here trying to trade for Wilson Contreras when he's thirty five. Right? No, like, like, the matter is they should have tried trading him last year. 
Honestly, yeah, no, they they should have they should have finished it off. They they should have finished it off. And, and like you said too, they're giving they're giving pieces away, like like the reliever that they gave the Yankees. That which which honestly was exactly what the Yankees were looking for. Like I, like I told you, the Yankees are trying to go like with cheaper pieces. Like once the season, I'm telling you, I will be extremely surprised if Aroldis Chapman is a Yankee next year. Like they are trying to go with pitchers who they can pay under like five million five million a season, right? Who are controllable? This guy's under contract uh, like for five more years, right? Like twenty-eight. Yeah, so it's just like that's what they're trying to go with. I saw it like the like honestly, I think it's gonna be a bullpen where the only like clear, clear like veteran outside of like a Clay Holmes or something like that is gonna be Chad Green, who's still gonna be coming back from injury. So like for the Yankees, it it was a clear move for them. For the Cubs, I don't know what you're doing. Like, tell me what you're doing. Like, 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 why are there so many teams that just don't want to give me a clear direction? Like, just tell me what you're doing, man. Like, Cubs, come on. Y'all not doing nothing in the Central right now. Like, it's very clear. Y'all not better than Milwaukee. Y'all not better than St. That's St. Louis. If we're talking about it on a real perspective, the Pittsburgh Pirates have a better Ooh. future outlook than the Cubs. But, like, you know, yes, it's you just do. like, you know, like, come on. I mean, it, it's absolutely true. In terms of the young pieces that they have, it's absolutely true. But it's just like, pick a direction, man. Like, this, this middle-ness that the Cubs are in is just like, it leaves the fans just, like, so hopeless. Yeah, what, what, Nick, what do you think about this, man? Obviously, you see them in, in your division. You're probably pitching against them next week. Where you got the jersey ready. What, what do you think about their trade deadline? Uh, I'm going to give it a D. Uh, the reason being is we sh- they showed last year that they could make a flurry of moves, so they got the capacity to do it and actually rebuild a lot and make some smart moves. Did they get everything they could last year? No. Did they get a lot? Absolutely. They've shown that they can do this. It's very confusing. I'm going to say a D and wait because Ian Happ has one more year on his contract. I don't think his value, this isn't a guy where his value is as high as it's going to be this year. He's not, you're not going to put him in a competitive team's roster and he's going to make you go from a playoff team to a World Series contender. He's not that good. They also could resign him. So if they resign him and hold on to him, that changes this grade from a D to a C. Same thing with Wilson Contreras. I've heard the same rumors that the price was too high. Maybe the price was too high because this might be their franchise guy. Maybe this is the guy that they signed. They have the DH in the National League this year. That changes stuff a lot. So if Contreras becomes their franchise guy, is this if this is the guy that they hang their hat on to be the face of the franchise, this him not moving him isn't a big deal. Also, maybe they weren't getting back Wilson Contreras type of players. Now they're gonna franchise or they're gonna extend them a qualifying offer. They're gonna get a compensatory pick for him this year. With that being said, is that enough? No, but is it more than they might have gotten from another team? Possibly. And in that case, that's not a bad move to hold on to him because you still have him in that in that you know clubhouse. The weird thing is the get the buy like the goodbye hugs from Contreras and Hap, and then they didn't go goodbye. <laughs> man, that's fucked up. But it's not as bad for me as, as it could be because Hap has one more year, and I don't think he's like I said, he's not the highest he's ever going to be type of value. He could go bonkers the first half of next year or even the rest of this year and and turn himself into a much higher value. The other side of it, too, he's not good enough to get $150 million, And that's a good piece because he is good enough to get $100 million, and that would be a value. And that would be good money for him. So the Cubs could turn this into a real good non-move for both guys. So it's a wait and see. But with what they did last year, I can't give them any better than that. How did, if, it was, if it wasn't for last year, they'd probably be at a C for me with on the way to a B. But... They're a D on the way to a C just because what they did last year showed they are capable and they just didn't do it this year. It was very obvious what the Cubs were doing. 
Uh, they were they were going to let uh, Wilson Contreras go away unless it was for Francisco Alvarez of the Mets or Corey Lee of the Astros. Both those dudes, high end, high highly touted, high end catching prospects. That was the market for them. Nobody else was trading them. Look, the, the hot start by by Trevino and the Yankees. The Yankees were going to mess that up. Um, they, they just weren't, and they weren't going to make. They weren't. They weren't going to trade for for Contreras to be a backup. You know what I mean, because Dodgers are set at the catching position, right? Uh, Padres, like I said, they have the duo right there. That, that that's pretty good. Um, think about other playoff teams, right? Like Toronto has their guy, right? Kirk was an All Star this year. They also have Danny Jansen coming back. Um, what's that called? The the Rays Rays don't do those kind of moves. They just they just don't, right? So you know, your 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 market wasn't great for Contreras. You're right. I, I think they do try try to sign them sign them long term. A catcher in his thirties at that point isn't going to go for for as high as, as a price tag as he would have. I see something close to JT's contract, right? You get him for five years for hundred mil for Contreras. I think he takes that, right? And that's if the Cubs want to extend that to him. I, I think they can get away with giving him less. Um, Ian Happ's numbers dip. Like yeah, he was an All Star this year, but his trade value was going down as the season went on. Um, Cubs are in a tough spot, man. Cubs are in a tough spot. They um, they're they're gonna be reeling for for a while here. All right, last team, and this team, I'm just I just want to talk about them because we gotta slander them, and if we don't slander if we don't slander the Red Sox to end the show, I, I don't know what I'd do. But Red Sox trade deadline was one of the most confusing. I, the Red Sox this, this last year has been one of the most confusing things I've ever witnessed from a baseball franchise in my life. But they trade away. They trade away Christian Vasquez, which I don't think it's a big deal, right? Last year they went into the postseason with three catchers. If you have three catchers going into the postseason, that means not one of them is good enough to be your fucking starting catcher. So I don't think that really matters. But they acquire Eric Hosmer, which yes, Red Sox have needed someone at first base all year long, right? Dolback isn't that dude. He sucks. Um, you also release uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Who, by the way, you traded Hunter Renfro, who's absolutely crushing it for, because he's a defensive upgrade or whatever you want to say to yourself. They also keep guys that they would have gotten some value for, like J.D. Martinez, like Nathan Evaldi, right? Um, like guys in their bullpen. So so I'll let Nick start it off, because I know me and me and Rob probably went to the whole slander train. But, um, Nick, what do you think about the, the Red Sox trade deadline? Oh, I'll be the locomotive this lander trains. What are you guys doing? Holy shit. Um, look, Nate Valdi, as mediocre as he might be, and you want to say that, he smashed the playoffs all the way through. From the wild card to the DS to the CS, the World Series. He absolutely murdered that playoff run they had. So he's a he's a very good trade chip for playoff contenders. JD Davis, or sorry, JD Martinez, he is absolutely a guy that a lot of players, a lot of teams would want on their on their team to trade for. And to be real, are you going to resign Bogarts? Like, because if you're not, get rid of him. Don't do. The Red Sox just became the Rockies, depending on how the offseason goes. Only worse because you had way more chips to trade away, and you could have been very. You could have gotten some key pieces from other teams, um, to kind of get yourself going, and you could have gotten out a lot of money. You could have gotten out a lot of money in this trade deadline. This was terrible. This might be – I've seen some other places where, like, the White Sox and the Guardians are kind of worse on the trade deadline. I think the Red Sox had the worst trade deadline. 
almost none of this makes sense to me. What they added does not replace what they subtract. They didn't move a lot of money that I'm aware of. I know there was money trading places, but I don't think they really cleared a lot off the books. And they didn't get their farm system that much better. Um, and they just, this is the team that had four really quality pieces to trade away that re I mean, they, they were the Cubs from last year, but with better pieces. And they just didn't do it. This is a terrible trade deadline for the Red Sox. Honestly, the rest of the AL East needs to be really happy, especially the Orioles. The Orioles just became a better franchise than the Red Sox at this trade deadline, in my opinion. Like, and that's not that's not hyperbole. That's not bullshit. Overall, as a franchise with what they've been doing the last couple of years, to me, the Orioles have just jumped the Red Sox as a as a better run franchise. Yo, I am. I I was astounded by what the Red Sox did. I think I think with, with you mentioned Bogarts. I think their the whole plan of Bogarts is literally, hey man, you've had a good time here, right? How about you? How about you opt into that twenty million a year that we're severely underpaying you, man? How about you stay here for that twenty mil? Like I think that's I think that's legitimately their plan. Is hey, we've been so great to you. How about you stay? Which is a bad plan. You you don't play with my money, right? You look at their farm system. It is it is it is god awful. It it is god awful. You have Je you have Jeter down as the major. He's your number five prospect. He is no better than a utility guy at this point. And I think in the future, I think he sucks, right? You you you're you're what's it called your number three prospect in 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 Brian Bello or Bello he's from he's from the DR he sucks right he's on your he's on your major league roster right now putting up a seven ERA he's garbage right and then I know you you ask Red Sox fans and they're like oh yeah but we have Marcelo Mayer and Tristan Casas I'll give you Mayer Mayer might be really good I'll tell you right now Casas sucks but Mayer Mayer might be a really good prospect. But is that enough to do anything with the farm system? No. To, take, to make things worse, your GM has come out and said, hey, look, we don't really want to spend money like that anymore. That's how the Red Sox have passed it. We don't want to spend money. So when guys become free agents, right, like Juan Soto eventually does in 2020, whatever, or judge next year, I don't, I don't think they're going after those guys. I don't think that's the way they want to build the team. So if you're in the Red Sox, this was your opportunity. Hey, look, get back some quality pieces, right? JD's not going to be signed with you. JD's going to go play for the Marlins next year and get them to the playoffs, right? Bogarts might do the same thing, actually, because the Marlins need a lot of help and they have some money to spend. But, yo, Rob, what do you think about the Red Sox deadline? Yeah, they had a they had a shitty deadline, uh, but I'm actually going to go 50-50 on them because I think, look, they had a shitty deadline in the sense that they, they didn't move the pieces that they needed to move, right? And especially with the, especially, this isn't even just us making assumptions. This is like conversations that they've had with their own right like you have not been willing to pay Raphael Devers or like talk to him about a legitimate extension um what you just said of I think Bogarts has three years and 60 million dollars remaining on his contract that's child money like 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 Bogarts is not opting into that like like you're not gonna underpay Bogarts Bogart Bogarts and Devers both are easily 30 million dollar a year players at this moment in time um will a guy like Bogarts get that contract? No, but well, like, or I, or I'd rather say I don't know. But can I see a team going twenty five a year for Bogarts yeah. and 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 offering him a, a, a six or seven year like like a Marcus Simeon level contract, like six or seven years for twenty five mil a season or even a little more? Yeah, probably. If the Red Sox are not willing to pay that, Bogarts is gone, man. And 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 I've said about Bo bro, Bogarts is probably now has overtaken Treya Turner as the most underrated shortstop in the game. Like, Xander Bogarts is legitimately, at worst, a top three shortstop. It's literally, if we're talking just, forget what, what injuries, but if we're talking right now, 
product, like actual production where you could look at the numbers and, uh, and and I'm talking about consistency. I'm not talking about just one season. It's, it's, it's Tatis and Bogart. And Bogarts. It's those three. When you put everything together, it's those three in the game right now. So for the Red Sox not to be willing to to, to well, I'm not going to say not to be willing, but like prepare yourself for the extension conversation that's going to come because Bogart's not opting into that. And dude, we've seen it with them. I don't think I think the Devers and the Bogarts thing it just goes back to the Mookie trade, bro. Like I don't understand how you trade now. Looking back at it, like. You traded a superstar for a salary dump, like like or, or like you traded a superstar in a salary dump. Like it, I don't understand how you come back from that because Mookie Betts is a better player than Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts, and you weren't p- willing to pay Mookie Betts. You're not willing to pay Rafael Devers. You're not, at least from what it seems now, going to be willing to match what Xander Bogarts is probably going to want once he opts out of his current contract. You should have moved on from JD. And that's nothing against JD. It's just that JD doesn't fit their timeline. Like JD, Why, man. He, yeah, he's JD not he, much for you right now. He doesn't fit. He doesn't fit it, bro. If you're if you're gonna tell me that you're that you are going to extend Devers and extend Bogarts, you have to get JD off the team. He does. He doesn't fit in with what you're trying to build age wise. Like like yo, not for nothing. But like Chris Sale doesn't either. You feel me? Like if, like if they got a healthy. Like if next year, I, I don't, I don't know what the Chris Sale contract is right now. So, so forgive me if if he's a free agent at the end of the he's year. Not, he's not. He's not. He's like, not so, like, so like, let's say he comes back healthy next year, and Chris Sale is hot in the first half of the season. Trade Chris Sale, man. Trade Chris Sale. Like, get whatever type of value you get from whatever you have. If you're actually trying to build towards a certain direction. Now, I did say I was going to go fifty fifty on them. The only reason I'm not going to give Boston a lot of hate is because they're not fully dysfunctional like the Angels. Because every now and then they go on a little run where they do put pieces that just happen to work together and they get a title out, out of it, right? Like we've said it a bunch of times, a title fixes all. If you win a title, all the problems, even though they might exist, they don't matter, right? Like as long as you win a title, the problems don't matter. At least, at least for, for, for the next month or two after you win a title, right? Like it's just like you're in paradise. Boston has been able to get that done a bunch of times. However, at this point in time, it's looking like, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. And, I, and, and I've been saying it a bunch of times, and I know it sounds like a fantasy, but, like, bro, if the Yankees robbed Raphael Devers from the Boston Reds, bro, it, yeah, I'd be in here you, talking crazy. You know, you know I think it's actually more, more realistic for, for the Yankees? Or for, for, not just for the Yankees. Bogarts? Any team out there. Bogarts. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think Bogarts can play third base somewhere. Right? Like, I think bro, I, bro team, I would, I would, I would, I would sign Bogarts and put him at short, and 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 flip Volpe and Pro. I, I don't care, bro. Bogarts, a top yeah, three no, shortstop. I'm just saying. I think, I think, I think, I think because of because Bogarts isn't a great defensive third base, short short shortstop. I think he can be an above average defensive third baseman though. I think he does the move where yo yo Bogarts next year, yo Dodgers, they'll be knocking at that door. I think he'll he'll be in a yep. price range where it makes sense for them, right? Yo, yeah. Giants, I think they, they, they can go out there and, and throw a contract that makes sense to him. I would hope the Yankees do, right? I don't know if it does. I think, yo, I mean, Marlins, they have to be involved, bro. It's going to, you know I'm why just, it's interesting? We thought we thought the shortstop market was like on some superstar shit last year, right? Like, oh, we got Correa yeah. and Corey Seager and Javi Baez and all these superstars. That's most and over, now that's this most one, yeah. bro, now this one, we, you literally have two of the top three shortstop, like legitimately in the yeah. game, Turner and Bogarts. Who are gonna be free agents? Like, sure, everyone expects yeah. Turner to resign with LA, but the money that LA is gonna have to give Turner is still gonna be something significant, you know? Yeah. So it, it's gonna be another interesting offseason. It, it's, it's gonna be crazy, man. But I, yo, know, 
Bogarts, seriously, I, I know that we're not nowhere near the, the, the offseason right now, but I think Bogarts is a real name that we should look at. You know, be LA as, as a third baseman next year. Turner out of there, right? I don't, and I think yeah, they can bro. do a Turner and Bogart shortstop third base combo, which is sick, right? So it'd be you know, gross. It'd be gross. It would be gross, man. Look, if you're the Red Sox, so you know, look, you're paying you're paying Chris Sale thirty million dollars this year not to pitch. Next year is twenty seven mil. Year after that is is twenty seven mil too, I believe. Yeah, twenty twenty four is yeah twenty seven and a half mil for the next two years. Yeah, and then twenty twenty five, you you know, you get the discount at twenty mil, but at that point, he's gonna be a thirty six year old. Really bad, not I'm gonna say bad mechanics, but he's not a guy who, who projects to have long term. He has bad mechanics. His mechanics are terrible. <laughs> there you go. Look, so, so, so I'm just saying, like, no, they should have traded Evaldi. Evaldi is someone that, that, you know, he's a high end trade piece, right? Because when he's healthy, we've, we've, we've all said it. He's a top 10 type stuff in the game when he's healthy. He's never fucking healthy. But if I can have you healthy for a month, that's a game changer. So, yo, Red Sox fumbled that bag, which I can't be mad about. I can't. I can't be mad at that, especially watching the captain and watching the the last. Uh, we were talking about the '04 Red Sox series. The, the the Red Sox hate that is feeling my heart right now. It, it is on, on no other level. Um, all right, man. Look, guys. Uh, we're gonna get out of here next week. Expect some ace talk, right? That we didn't get into this week, right? But you know, guys like Justin Verlander having an amazing season. Um, Dylan C's having a great season in, in the White Sox, who has been severely underappreciated. Right, um, so so we'll get into some of that. Um, but yo, Rob, Nick, man, you guys, you guys want to end off on anything? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, to mention uh, a quick rest in peace to uh, Vince Scully, um, who passed away uh, a couple days ago. Uh, simple, you know, greatest broadcaster of all time. Um, a lot of respect to him. I, I know uh, from our end too. We had Michael K uh, drop a couple comments on him, and Michael K talked about you know the the, the greatness of Vince Scully and everything like that. So it's always great when we can have you know. That Yankee Dodger crossover, probably the two most recognizable baseball franchises in the world, right? Like, and Michael K talking about like what an inspiration Scully was, you know, and not just to him, but I imagine to so many other people. So, um, the baseball world definitely took a a, a strong loss these last couple of days. Uh, just the same. It's better to end off with Vin Scully, Vin Scully, than to start with it because he should never be forgotten. Um, he's he's a guy that transcends baseball teams. You, everybody loves Vin Scully. You have to. And he did both jobs by himself, color commentary and play-by-play. You've got the Giants broadcast team that I get to listen to every day if I want to. It's four guys in a rotation. Like, Vin Scully does it by himself, and he does all of it better than everybody else. You can get the best, you can get literally the other four best broadcasters to do a game, and I'd still turn into Vin Scully. I would listen to Vin Scully announce a turtle race. I would. Because he probably has some sort of history and experience that nobody else has or will ever get. He is a national treasure in the sports world. There should be a Vin Scully day across baseball. Like, there is, there never has been and never will be another Vin Scully. And I don't care what team you're a fan of, you are a fan of Vin Scully. He's done all sports. He's done it better than most everybody else. Um, This is a big baseball loss for sure. And he's, I don't want to say just an announcer, but like, Somebody who's never been on the field or in the front office, who's made a bigger impact to the game, who's had more respect. Um, it's a sad day for baseball. It's, uh, you know, definitely a lot of positive vibes and thoughts out to Vin Scully's family, the Dodgers organization, everybody involved. Um, a, a true, a true gentleman and baseball, you know, guy that is gone. We'll never hear his voice again. Um, 
not enough praise can be given to him for the work that he did in the history of the game. Hey man, it was really cool um, hearing Bob Costas talk about him on, on MLB Central. He was talking to Dero and, and Lawrence Shahadi about like the impact that he had on on Bob Costas, who, who himself is a historic broadcaster, right? Talking about uh, Vince Kelly and, and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, you also have MLB The Show a couple of years ago who had a Vince Kelly intro, right? You know, that's kind of special, right? You, know, you don't necessarily think video games and something like an announcer like that, but they, they made sure to to put that in there. So, you know. Definitely going to be missed in the game. Uh, it's going it's to be sad, man. We, we, we lost a great one. But, yeah, man, with that being said, we'll, we'll, we'll catch you guys next time.